Hey, who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 143. 143. Woohoo! One day, I shall come back. Oh, dear. We are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with light. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. Howdy-do-who fans. Welcome to 143. Hope you've had a cracking week. And that you've managed to do something in Doctor Who related, but not in the extreme. Ah, boom. I hope you didn't go all extreme. I saw that uh, many, many, many of you <laughs> went extreme on Twitter. Yeah. After extremis or extremis, however you want to say it, on mm. Saturday. Very, very interesting. I think this, we said it, didn't we, last week? Mm. We said that this would be the one. Yeah. That was going to turn the uh, turn the series on its head and go off in a in a different direction. It had a very different vibe, didn't it, to uh, the the rest of series ten that we've seen so far. Oh, it did, and the reaction to it's just been massively divided, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, and do you know what? I don't for a change. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't know about you, but I think it's quite interesting actually mid sort of mid series to shake things up a bit, good and bad, because um, we were saying last week, weren't we, that all our scores. So far, for each episode of this series, we've pretty much agreed, I think, on all of them. That's true. Yeah. So it's quite good yeah. to have this one thrown in, because I've no idea <laughs> what you made of it. Um, mm. and I've no idea what I made of it the first watch. <clears throat> so it's quite good, I think, to get this this one to shake things up a little bit. You know, as much as, uh, you know, even though some people didn't enjoy it, I think it's, uh, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. So uh, we'll see what we actually thought of the episode, whether we enjoyed it, is a whole other matter. We'll that's get true. To that later, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those more, I think it's the most divided yet. I think it's been, cons- oh, yes. I think people have consistently loved Series 10 so far, and I think this one, meh, meh, maybe it's going to, yeah, we're going to see some lower scores, I think, mm. on this one. Yeah, certainly the comments were, were unbelievably mixed mm-hmm. this week, the feedback we got, yeah. So it's been very interesting, actually, yes. reading through different people's comments, yeah. Well, that's the world of Doctor Who. Mm. You can't escape the divided opinion and all that stuff, which is great. It's great for us as podcasters because, it, um, for, yeah, for you and I, we don't talk, I say we don't talk, we don't talk about the episode <laughs> until we record the review, do we? That's so right. Yeah. It's really cool to have, um, like, the initial opinions, watching all that, so... When the episode is done, it's like, right, let's open up Twitter and, you know, see what people have got to say. So it's fun to see all the initial reaction and all that stuff going on. Yeah. It's fun to see the reviews then pop up on other blogs and podcasts throughout the week. And then it's fun talking through it with you for our review. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I try I try very hard not to give too much away because <laughs> I'm sure you get it as well. People Immediately after the episode, people 
all sort of tweet, what did you think? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah. don't want to put it out there yet. I'd like to keep myself guarded from Gary until we record, because it's much more fun if we don't know. Because I've literally no idea. And even when I was watching this for a second time uh, yesterday, I was, I was thinking all the way through, I wonder what Gary's making of this. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be loving it, or we'll be sat there thinking, what the? So, yeah, it's much more fun. Yeah, so I'm cool. looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this one. Yes. Um, well, I've had a fairly quiet week for the most yeah. part. What have you been up to, mate? Anything cool who-wise? Um, no, I've had a fairly quiet week. I did manage to get a little bit of who-something in. Um, do oh. you remember uh, a couple of months back, a DVD came out called The Pertwee Years mm-hmm. um, from, I can't remember who it is. Is it Koch or is it Myth Makers? I forget. Myth Makers. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, I picked that up the other week when I was out shopping with our good friend Adam, the Ultimate Hooven. I picked it up in HMV. And um, it had remained sealed on the shelf. So the other day I was like, oh, what, what can I watch? Need something new. And there it was. I was like, yes, haven't opened that yet. Let's get that on. And uh, so I watched it. And it's um, it's not bad, actually. It's it's a two-disc set, um, which surprised me because I didn't even realize it was two discs. And it's basically they've collected together any sort of major interview connected with the Pertwee era. Mm-hmm. And they've just put them all in this set. So it's quite good. So it starts with the great man himself. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know if you've ever seen many interviews with John Pertwee, but he's quite, uh, he's, he's an interesting guy. Let's just put it that way. He's yes. perfect to yep. be, you know, to be interviewed. Uh, he's got lots of stories and he's humorous and he's serious when he needs to be. And he's, yeah. So that was really cool. So I watched an interview of him. There's loads on it though. And this is what I love about it is it, um, it feels really good value for money because I've still got a whole disc of interviews of people to watch. So, um, I think, you know, Joe, um, not Joe Grant, what's her real name? Katie Manning, that's the one. <laughs> you know, she's on there, obviously, and uh, Carol Ann John's on there. Uh, Nick Courtney's on there. So there's loads of great interviews on there. But, um, yeah, I've only got around to watching a couple of them so far because they're quite long as well. So that was really, really good. Um, I was really pleased to pick it up because I had no idea what it's going to be like, if you know what I mean. I didn't know really what it was. It was just oh. the fact that there was something new on the Who shelf and H&P and I, that I picked it up. So, yeah, so that was good. Watched a bit of that. Cool. Um, and I haven't really done much else apart from I bought my ticket for uh, Collector Mania in Birmingham, finally, which is coming up, um, is that next weekend? Uh, MCM. All the weekend. For, no, not MCM, mate. Uh, no, it's the Showmasters. Oh, the Showmasters. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, coming up very soon. And, um, yeah, I bought that because I specifically wanted to meet David Bradley. Because oh, yeah. I've been yep. wanting to meet him forever. <laughs> and he does do a few of them, but they're normally sort of Cardiff or they're normally not places that are that easy for me to get to. Um, so when I saw he was doing Birmingham, I was really chuffed because I was like, okay, yeah, that's doable. I can get to Birmingham. Not too bad. Yeah. Okay. So I get my ticket. Oh, Three days oh, no, later. This is gone. No. He's cancelled, isn't he? Oh, he's mate. He's been cancelled. And I was like, no. He was like, I mean, thankfully there are other people there I want to meet. Barrowman's there. Um, and I say it like that because <laughs> I was, again, thrilled when Barrowman was added until I saw the price. He's like 45 quid, I think, for an autograph, which yep. is a little bit too much. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, thankfully there are other people that are there that I want to meet. But, but Bradders was right up there, top of my list. And I was so looking forward to meeting him. So I was gutted that he's cancelled. But a lot of people are saying it maybe it's sort of fueled these rumours that he's going to make an appearance in the uh, Christmas special. Because you know there's been all these rumours flying around that he's coming back as the first Doctor in, in the Christmas special. Yes. Yep. Which I was like, nah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, but apparently they are filming in June. So they're like, oh, that's why he's cancelled. 
And also, if you've seen that clip of him when he's asked, he's such a nice man. He's not very good at lying. True. And he does kind yeah. of sort of say, oh, you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> and uh, so they sort of think, maybe that is true. But I don't know. I can't imagine it somehow. But yeah. So anyway, a bit gutted. Got my ticket for that. But a bit gutted that old Brad has, has, has cancelled. <laughs> I, I hope I get to meet him one day because uh, I know you'll, you'll agree with me here. An adventure in space and time is just one of my favorite things ever absolutely i just yep. thought it is just it literally even now just like one of my favorite things uh, that i own on, on uh, dvd so i was really really looking forward to meeting him but hey ho there's lots of other people i can't think who else is there now but there's lots of other people so hmm. uh, still be a good bet so that's the only other thing i've done really is i got that and um yeah just quite looking forward to it i think it's next weekend i must check it's beginning of june anyway hmm. yeah so good. that's me mate nothing else really going on just topping up my tan because we've got sunshine here in the UK, which is a rarity. It is lovely today. Yes, it's beautiful today. We're frying again, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so quite a week for me as well, mate. Not done much really. Uh, watched Extremis a couple of times. I did start a new book. I picked up a Target book. Um, All right. I think it's I don't know last month or the month before. The yeah. new shop. It's the greatest show. Uh, Target book. Um, so yeah, I've read the first couple of chapters of that. Oh, cool. Uh, we'll be um, finishing that. Sorry. Gary, Gary showed me the cover. Sorry, you're probably thinking, why am I saying, oh, cool, oh, sorry, randomly. Yeah. He's just showed me the cover of the book. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it looks nice. It's got the, it's the actual old classic Target books. I just love the artwork on these. I yeah. mean, that's why I love collecting them. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. Yeah. That's the um, yeah. that's one of the appeal, isn't it, is, is the, the classic artwork. Yeah, the definitely. the Target books. Yes, yeah, so it's a good so far. Good. I'll be interested yeah. to hear how it differs from the actual TV show, because I, I like that story. Anyway, I think it's a good. I think it's a good McCoy story. Mm. So I'd be interested to hear what the books like in comparison. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you let know. me know when you're finished. Yeah, will do. I've done that fairly quiet. Not much else going on. No, no. Shall we land as hardest? Okay. Do some news. First up, we need to talk about oxygen official ratings for the week. Mm, yeah. So over the last few weeks, we've been giving you the rundown on each episode and how it's performed against the other shows uh, in the top 30 list. And oxygen has fallen a wee bit down. I think the lowest rating we've had so far was 24th. I think 24th yeah. in the list, so we've dropped down a little bit again. So this is number 26 now with right. an overall rating of five point, yeah, 5.27 million viewers for the week. Mm. And I think the other ones have been pushing just under 6 million. So we have dropped down a little bit. I'm surprised at one of the shows that beat us on this one. So we know that, oh. you know, I have to say every week, just in case people do sort of, you know, get wherever you're listening to this show, whether you're in an, an office or at home or in, on the commute, I don't want you to have an accident or you know, <laughs> storm out of your office with a hump. Coronation Street and EastEnders, they do split out each show of the five days as individual entries. Yeah, which annoys you, really. They should just do an average and put it in, I think, but anyway. An average, yes. Uh, yeah. But So the Eurovision Song Contest, obviously. That normally, obviously. <laughs> you know, that normally pulls in 
you know, quite astonishingly a high amount of viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have EastEnders and Emmerdale is up there as well. Um, but we were beat by, um, have I got news for you? Now, I didn't mm-hmm. think many people watch that one anymore. No. It's obviously made a bit of a comeback. So that one's uh, snuck in there. And then MasterChef as well. Yeah, quite, I see that, yeah. Quite annoying. So, uh, <laughs> But it hasn't done too badly. We're still in there. We're still in there in the top, in the top 30, clinging on. Yeah, I'm just laughing because I always, <clears throat> excuse me, I always moan about MasterChef whenever it comes on the telly um, because it's just, I just can't believe it. I can never believe it's still going. Like, it's just people still cooking food. I'm like, are they not got round to the finals of this yet? I don't really watch it, so I don't really understand it. But um, yeah, this is, uh, so Oxygen last week got a very low overnight, mm. didn't it? Is that the one? Is that the one that got the worst? It was like the worst overnight since Ghostlight or something. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's picked up a bit since then. I think it got three point something million on the overnight and everyone was like, oh, but it was, you know, it was a good episode and oh, no one watched it and blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think, yeah, it's gone up to five twenty. So it's still a, it's still a good jump up from what it had. Um, right. and it's, it's, yeah, I agree with you, mate. It's, it's reasonable, still performing well in terms of in the bigger picture of things. But if, I mean, if you took out, so you got like, you know, Coronation Street is in there four or five times. Emmerdale was in the listed four or five times if you take out then you've got five ten you, you know you could easily get rid of like 20 places and we'd jump up in the top sort of 10 it's it's just it's just that we've got all these you know they count every episode of coronation street as a you know as one place don't they so yeah it's okay i mean like you said it's disappointing it's beaten by things like you know master chef and, and stuff like that but it's <laughs> it's still a reasonable figure yeah it's not, not bad too, not yeah. too bad yeah not too bad Yep. So that's not oxygen. disastrous. No. Yeah. Not extreme, but not oh. disastrous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the only bit of news we got. Very light. It is. I'm just going to talk about viewing figures. So we do have our Dalek friend ready and waiting. It's not raining anymore. He's not going oh, rusty. He's he out. Yeah. He's like, um, it's a bit like a in a hot summer's day when you've been out in the car for a little while and the sun's beating down. And then when you go to touch the car, you get like that instant. It's like putting your hand on a hot cooker hob. Yeah. He's like that at the moment, so we should bring him in, shouldn't we? Bring him in. Merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Uh, before we go on, somebody did actually give our Dalek friend a name or suggest a Oh, name. he's got a name, is he? Uh, yes, he was it. Uh, somebody said... Uh, we should call him, oh, him again. We should call it Dalek Tat. Dalek Tat. <laughs> I like it. I think that's quite fitting. Who gave us that one? That was George Garrity. Oh, uh, cool. I like it, George. Yeah, I had a, actually, somebody messaged me. Um, I had uh, Ronald was suggested, I think, as a name, which I quite like. Ronald. Ronald. Um, yeah, Ronald the Dalek. Um, but no, Dalek Tat. Quite like that. Yeah, kind of fitting with what what comes in a lot of the time. Yeah, because we I think out of all of the tat that we well, yeah all of the merch that we do get handed, hmm, some of it stands out as very cool. Yeah, but yeah. Anyways, on with the tats from Dalek <laughs> Tat. So uh, the Lethbridge Stewart range. Yeah. Uh, as you know, they often um, throw out a free story, which is cool. And we have the second one of this year so far, and it's called The Runaway Bomb. Oh, 
Richard Sounds Tom. very cool. Yes, so our friend uh, Andy Frankamallon, Mr. Andy, says, uh, at the end of Mutually Assured Domination, mm. which is the last novel, I think, uh, Lethbridge Stewart considered two soldiers for the fifth. Uh, both helped him fight the Dominators, um, but uh, we've not heard from them since. So this short story shows us a little of how Lethbridge Stewart recruits new troops for the corps. Uh, only one of the two will make the grade, and the winner has a guest spot in Night of the Intelligence, the novel for which this story, uh, short story is in the companion. So there's a bit of backstory for you. Mm. Um, so the runaway bomb. So as usual, um, you will need to uh, jump over to the Candy Jar Books website. And um, yes, grab it from there. Nice one, yeah, excellent. They do. It's great how they do these little these little freebies that tie in. I like it. Hmm. Uh, Good so work, yeah, guys. The, the next novel that I mentioned there, Night of Intelligence, uh, you can pre-order it now, by the way, from Candy Jar. So, yes, do that as well. Awesome. Right, talking to books, there's a lovely little book coming out um, called Now We Are 600, um, which initially I was like, I kind of overlooked this till I went back. And actually had a proper look at it, what, what it was today. So it's a, it's a collection of Time Lord poems, basically, which is why I sort of didn't take much notice of it at first. I was like, oh dear, scraping the barrel. <laughs> um, but actually, now I've actually read what it is. It actually does sound like a really nice little book. Um, so it's um, it's going to be, it's it's basically, it's James Goss, who's done City of Death. And I'm trying to, I was trying to think what the other book is he did. Sharda, was it? Or was that Gareth Roberts? I forget now, but he's done some great work for mm. Doctor Who. He's also done a lot for Big Finish, actually. Uh, so he's a very good writer, James Gosh. And it's going to be illustrated by Russell T. Davis, the man himself. Now, I didn't know Russell was an artist, did you? I did not, no. No, no. So uh, basically, yeah, it's a collection of poems. It sounds like James Goss has brought them together and sort of done his magic on them. And then it's going to be uh, illustrated by Russell T. Davis. And it's basically, um, yeah, it's a collection of poems uh, about time lords i guess um i'm just looking for the description here it says um very special unique gift for every dot two fan um that's james goss speaking by the way the poems <laughs> have been a delight to work on said russell um it's just something he says he's always wanted to do isn't he he said he's always drawn dot two uh illustration so he's really pleased to have like finally got his chance to put them together with something that he really likes yeah I think. So it sounds of, like um, quite a nice little book. It yeah. does, yeah. And I'm really interested to see these little doodles from Russell. There's a couple on the cover. Uh, he's, he's done a little Dalek there, and there's also the fourth Doctor hanging from the side yeah, like of the scarf, which looks cool. Yeah. Um, so now we are 600. Yeah, it's based on, it's like a sort of clever play on uh, the famous poem, Now We Are Six. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's from um, A.A. A. Milne, the guy who, sorry, the person who did all the Winnie the Pooh stuff originally. Oh, okay. So a famous right. poem. Now we are six. So it's like a play on, a play on words there. But uh, yeah, this looks really cool. Uh, like you at first, I thought you know Doctor Who poetry. Yeah, I did. I was the same. I had to admit, I was like, oh, what's that about? Yeah. Um, but now I've read into it. Not to say that we're not cultured or anything like that. We're not. <laughs> we're not. Going, we're not saying that at all. But uh, I'm, I'm not one for poetry per se. No, no. Um, the cool. tagline I was trying to find, by the way, I found it now. It says it's a collection of charming, funny and whimsical poems that celebrate the joys, sorrows and wonders of Time Lord life. There we go. That's the bit I was trying to find. So now we know what it's about. <laughs> there we go. When's it out? Um, it is out. Oh, September. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks before National Poetry Day. So they're tying it in with that. Yes, you can order it from Amazon immediately. Mm. Um, interesting one this there's normally not much of a big 
price um, difference in uh, physical books and Kindle. But if you buy, it's out in hardcover, as these things normally are for a while, for a tenner from Amazon. Uh, but the Kindle edition's only a fiver. No. Okay. So, uh, yeah. I don't do Kindle. I'll be honest with Choose you. Choose wisely. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm probably going to get this, mate. Are you going to get it? I will, yeah. You? looks very cool. Yeah, just because I love the drawings by RTD and stuff. So, yeah, I will get it, yeah. It'd be yeah. great if they did a signing for it. Don't suppose they will, but you never know. I'll keep my eye open. Oh, actually, yeah, FP might be up for that. Well, James Goss always does signings for his yeah. books in FP, is what I'm thinking. You never know if he manages to, to get Russell along. That'd be amazing. But, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, we don't know this exactly. We're just hoping. <laughs> yeah, just hoping as usual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, last up for merch. Um, Titan Comics have released uh, information about a new... Uh, comics event which is happening in August uh, so the Titan Comics they've had a really good run uh, which is still ongoing um, but to kick things off for Doctor Who Comics Day uh, in August uh, they have um, announced a new story I think it's an eight part story uh, mm. called The Lost Dimension yeah. uh, and let me just find this synopsis. this so um, so Peter Capaldi's 12th Doctor is battling the universe's darkest forces in the latest season of Doctor Who, uh, which is currently on Saturdays, but the menace continues for the Doctor in August with the mm. multi-Doctor storyline, The Lost Dimension. Mm. So I don't know if that's a mm. tie into the TV series or not. Right. Uh, so the Alpha issue kicks, uh, kicks off the uh, Titan Doctor Who comics day uh, and then continues with the ninth Doctor special of that same week. Um. So it's an epic event, apparently, The Lost Dimension. Uh, yep, so eight chapters over three months, uh, crossing over all four ongoing series of 9, 10, 11, and 12 Doctors. Nice. I, I like the covers on these. They're quite, um, they're, they're a bit different, aren't they? I mean, it must be difficult to keep coming up with ideas for these covers because the comics are, there's so many of them now. Um, but I like these. They've got like a swirly, the O in Doctor Who, in the Who is like a swirly vortex yeah. of Tardis in it, which is a nice, nice little touch. So, um, yeah, I'm very, I don't know about you, Gary, but I'm very behind on my comics. I've, I, I they am. keep coming through the letterbox. I'm like, oh, God, I still haven't read issue four yet. And I'm issue eight. And I've got so many to catch up on that I've almost considered um, cancelling once I get to the end of the run because they sort of, you know, they'll do like year two, year three. Um, I'm just getting so behind, but I, will probably pick these up and they'll probably just sit there and not be read, but they do look nice, I have to say. Do look nice. Yes. Uh, when when they actually out again, sorry? Uh, it's going to be August, the end of August, the 30th. August. Yeah. Okay, well, I've got a few months to catch up then. Yeah, mm. so it kicks off Titan's Doctor Who Comics Day thing, which they did last. Yeah. I think um, I think it officially starts in September this year. September the 2nd is when like retailers will start doing it all, but this kicks off um, right. part of that. And apparently it's around um, something called The Void which if you've read any of the other Titan comics uh, you'd know about. So uh, just lastly, synopsis is the void has always existed. No place, the silent realm, the lost dimension, but the void is no longer empty. The void is hungry and devouring our universe through time and space. Now the four doctors must join forces to save everything. Hungry. Hungry. <laughs> there we go. If you're into your Titan comics, or if you've not been into it, this is a good chance to... Uh, to jump on i suppose it sounds like a good isolated little eight parter it does it that's does that's gonna do for these and merch mm. adam what are we right. doing this week yes let's get into it i'm looking forward to this so this week's episode was let's call it extremis the pope request most urgently 
personal audience. The Veritas contains a secret. Everyone who worked on the translation is now dead. You're blind and you don't want your enemies to know. But why does it have to be a secret from Bill? You happy in those shades? In darkness we are revealed. Very few know this place exists. The Hereticum. Something's coming, Bill. Something very big. And something possibly very, very bad. How can I save them when I'm lost in the dark? Whoa. Whoa. That's quite the trailer. Mm, it is so, indeed. What, what are we going to call this moving forward then? Well, he, he does say it in the episode. I'm, I must admit, I kept my eye, my ears opened because he does say does say it um, when he's in the uh, Oval Office, doesn't he? I think he calls it extremist. Extremist, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure he does. He did say it, but of course I've forgotten now. <laughs> Let's call it extremist then. Extremist, yeah, because I remember yeah. thinking, well, that's just one letter away from extremists. Yeah. So I think it's extremist, yeah. So... Obviously, part of series 10, mm. written by the mothball. <laughs> the mothball, yeah. As if you wouldn't, as if you didn't know. As if you couldn't guess. <laughs> it was directed by Daniel uh, Netheim. Netheim? Netheim. Netheim. And edited by Movie Maker. No. <laughs> yeah. Final Cut Pro. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to get onto that when we get into it. I just can't get over some of it. Anyway, yes. So. Uh, very, very roughly, very briefly, it's Doctor Who meets the Matrix, meets the Da Vinci Code, and misses in the vault. Yeah. That's pretty much the, uh, sums it up. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to our scores. <laughs> right. I don't know where to start with this one, mate. I really don't. No, I didn't um, think you would. Or do you, I'm going to just put the pressure on you then. So, as okay. I normally do, what did you make yeah. of this one, mate? Okay. Uh, right. So I watched this going out live. Um, I was aware that it was, it's, I thought it was part of a, I thought it was a double episode. It's actually a trilogy, isn't it? So a, it's a, a three, loose trilogy. A yeah. loose trilogy. Yeah. yeah. So it's a loose trilogy. So I was expecting it. I wasn't expecting any conclusion or anything. Um, so yeah, I watched it live. Um, on a first watch, I really enjoyed it. I was quite engrossed in it i was thinking okay I, I was getting deeper and deeper into what was going on i was the whole way through i was thinking this is such a typical <laughs> Stephen moffat episode it's just throwing out loads of questions giving us absolutely no answers it's flipping back and forth and all that so there was that but i was enjoying it i did find myself getting engrossed i wanted to know what was going on and i thought it was quite good the, the thing that i wasn't enjoying was the way it was chopped together with the Missy stuff, because there's one scene when I was joking about the editing, it didn't seem very slick. Right. Like it, it seemed to be all over the place. Cause we've had so many episodes where you go back and forth and they're, you know, um, having flashbacks or whatever. But in this one, scenes would just fade into black for what felt like forever. And then cutting back to the, the main story. Um, I'm thinking in particular, and I don't know if you know the scene of me, mate, but there's a bit where Missy is saying no honor, no reward and all that and the doctor says it and then it just cuts to black mm-hmm. and it's almost like a mistake and me and me have a half look at each other at that point it's like what's happening we thought the tv had switched itself off it was i don't know it didn't flow in terms of the way it was edited but i did find myself engrossed in it and i did really enjoy it on a first watch now mm-hmm. i always try and watch these things again mm-hmm. and I'll, i watched it again yesterday I did really still enjoy it, but I've got to say it doesn't hold up for me much on a second watch. And this is the problem with a lot of Stephen Moffat scripts, um, because I found myself sat there. Once you know what the sort of 
that the the twist is at the end. You know the bit that is sort of like so on the first watch you're like, oh, okay, they're all trapped in a version. Oh right, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Didn't hold together as well on a second watch. I started to see why people didn't like it because mm-hmm. uh, you know as I said on the first watch I was thought it was great and I was looking at the comments thinking, what well, it's a cracking episode. But now I can see. So I, I'm, a, I'm a bit in the middle on this one now. Um, I think if I'd have, yeah, I think I would have scored it quite high on a first watch. But uh, I have to say it's it's fallen apart a little bit for me on a second watch. Um, but I still like it. So that's where I am in it. I like it, but just uh, not as much um, on a second watch. But yeah, I thought it was decent. I, I just found myself getting wrapped up in what was going on and i also it did really leave me wanting the next episode which is a good thing so i was thinking okay i'm ready for part two now this is just a setup episode which is very moffat it's just a setup Mm. episode so yeah so that's where i am on it i liked it but um a few little niggles with it which i'll get into but yeah so that's me what about you mate uh yes um crikey so uh so yeah when i same as you when I heard it's going to be a, a multi-part story. Initially, I thought it was going to be a two-parter like you. Yeah. And then, it's, and then found out it was going to be this um, this loosely, but this the Monks trilogy, as it's going to be known as. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, okay, this is kind of like the Moth. This is this feels very Moth-esque, very familiar. And then as the episode was going through, I found myself thinking, this is absolutely just genius. This is absolutely oh. amazing brilliant doctor who oh right cool and then i fell out of that and i thought this is rubbish oh (laughs) and then something else would happen and i thought this is amazing again this is just brilliant and then i thought no this is rubbish and then the second time i watched it i had exactly the same it's really weird i had exactly the same feelings i thought this is great i just this is amazing like the moth has really really done it you know, and then I thought, no, he hasn't. <laughs> he really hasn't. He's just slipped back into his old ways, and it just feels very convoluted, and just feels very scrappy. You know, it's it was messy. Yeah, it was messy, and I kept thinking um, about the fact that this series had been so accessible uh, for new viewers up to now, and this could not have been more opposite. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for example, my partner has, has watched all of series 10 and we both really enjoyed it um and he said the same thing you know it's been so much easier to watch just standalone mm-hmm. stories i like it he got up i think it was about 20 minutes into this started making some i don't know well, i don't know just went to the kitchen basically got bored yeah and i thought oh dear that's the first episode in series 10 where uh he's sort of stuck with it for 20 minutes and thought, no, I don't know what's going on and given up. And unfortunately I, I do worry that a lot of other people who might have jumped back on, on series 10 might've had the same reaction because, uh, yep. series 10 definitely brought people back. There's no doubt about it. I mean, oh, viewing figures yep. aside and stuff just from general, um, reaction on Twitter and Facebook. I've seen a lot of people saying, yeah, I haven't really, you know, haven't watched Doctor Who for ages, but I'm quite liking this new series. And, you know, I'm really liking Capaldi. You know, I don't know why I didn't watch him before and all that. So it's definitely brought people back. Um, but I did sort of think that. I thought this is great for the sort of hardcore fan. Yep. You know, I think that's why I was loving it. But I did think for anyone else that might have just tuned in, oh, Doctor Who's on, would probably be sat there thinking, what the blimmin heck is going on because <laughs> i was thinking that but i was quite enjoying not knowing i quite like the fact we sort of getting deeper and deeper into this mystery um yeah, but yeah. but yeah it was a, it was a real 
uh, let's put it this way it, we didn't sort of get um eased into it you know like the series has flowed really really nicely up to this point this is just a complete switch around and it was so much back to Moffitt's sort of typical style wasn't yeah. it of timey-wimey confusing you know um writing i mean yeah personally i i did quite enjoy it but uh but i was a little bit worried about the major shift that we got um in terms of viewers but hey yeah there we go i mean i think for the most part i really like it i think it's a, mm-hmm. a really cool story and i think it's really clever as well i think uh I, I know a lot of people didn't like it that much because of all of the 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 moffat style mm. timey wiminess and all that stuff but i think it was I don't know. It, I, I want to love it. I really want to love it as a great episode. And I do, you know, I really enjoyed it, but there was just moments in it when I thought, oh, you know, we, well, for a start, I think the the reveal of, of the vault was, was a bit of a letdown. I, I think they could have now, made more of that. That was a major letdown. So even just the way it was done, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, it, there was two major blows for me. A, that it turned out to be Missy in the vault, or well, w- w- unless they, pull something out of the bag in the next episode which is you know going to turn that around but seems like it's missing the vault which is yeah very predictable and it felt like a real big letdown but also after all the build-up we've had it was kind of just thrown away in in sort of the first few minutes wasn't it it was no big reveal or it just felt like a real anti-climax so that that again on a second view and i was thinking oh that's you know that's that's a bit of a letdown mm, yeah 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 and also for me the the, the thing that that left me sort of disappointed quite a bit was of course it had to be river yeah you know as to why the, this is the thing in it so in river's sort of last moments if you like she has instructed nardol to keep the doctor you know in check in check pretty much and he's not mm. uh, you know and that's his promise isn't it that's his promise to river yeah. isn't it or whatever so that that was really disappointing for me i thought you know there was a great opportunity there to inject some new thing into Doctor Who or make it, you know, a bit more intriguing. But mm. after all, it was just, once again, the Moffers just lent on River Song. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, that was just really disappointing for me. I, that was one of the things, well, after I watched it, I thought, well, that was a great episode and I really enjoyed it and I think it's got moments of genius in there. Mm. It's very clever. But those two things, the vault reveal just being really in the background almost because you saw the you saw the vault sort of rise up from the lake mm. uh in those sort of um execution scenes and uh and so you knew instantly that was what it was you know there was no big thing yeah. you know and then the yeah. whole river song thing you know Nardole pulling out the diary and and reading it i just thought come on you know you've built it up for a long you know for five episodes now You've built it up and up and up, and then mid-season. I know he said that we were going to find out mid-season, but it was just like, it's not, you know, like in sort of conversation. It's like, how have you been? Oh, not too bad. Yeah, walked the dogs the other day. I won twenty million on the lottery, and then I had some beans on toast. Yeah, that's it, right. Yeah, it you're was, thinking, yeah. Well, hold on, hold, whoa, 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 back up, back up. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like you were thinking, well, well let's rewind a bit. Let's do, let's dive into this bit of info a little bit more. And it wasn't like that. It was just washed over. No. You know, and so yeah, that's why I'm hoping we might get a bit more next week. Because yeah, I was expecting like the doors to open, some big reveal, something like that. And like you said, it wasn't. It was just like a throwaway 
yeah. sort of line almost, wasn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, it was disappointing because I was really hyped to find out what was in there this week, even though I thought, well, it's got to be Missy, but <laughs> maybe it'll be something else, you know. Um, did you think that um, Nardal, you know, in his cloak when he comes up in, in that scene, I for one second thought it might be John Sim. I don't know why. I think it's just because there was this hooded figure looking down. Yeah. And I was yeah. thinking, and we've heard all this stuff about this could be the episode he might return in. Um, and I was thinking, could it be? Is he going to flick that cloak up? And is it going to be Sim under there? This would be crazy. And then it turned out to be Nardal with River Song's Diary. And I was a little bit like, what? Yeah. Because he was, do- he was yeah. doing like a voice at the start, wasn't he? To try and hide it. So I was like, is that Sim? That's not Sim, is it? No, is it you Sim? could tell it was Matt Lucas, yeah. even no. though he's doing the voice, yeah. Yeah, so that was a little bit disappointing, yeah. I thought. Um, I saw a lot of people saying it was so complicated they couldn't understand it. One thing I would say was, for a Moffat script, it was there was a lot going on in there. I'm not saying it wasn't complicated, but I did mm. fi- I did understand it but on the first watch. Um, so I, I don't know about you. I didn't sort of get to the end of it and think, what? What was going on? Obviously, on a second watch, it does all become so much clearer. But um, I didn't get to the end of it and find myself completely lost, which sometimes, I well, quite often I do in a Moffat script. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the best at always sort of following a storyline. I'll be honest with you. So I didn't, you know, I didn't think it was overly complicated. I mm-hmm. thought it was quite clear by the end of it what had been going on. Um, what did you think? Did you think it was overly complicated? Uh, not, not particularly. I didn't think it was mm-hmm. one of those. Yeah, because again, I saw a lot of people saying that it was very convoluted and very. Mm. Um, sort of all over the place i couldn't couldn't see what's going on yeah i think if you switched off maybe it was i mean if you sort of if you if you weren't into the story i mean i suppose that maybe that's why i got it because i was was very engrossed in it but i suppose if you weren't engrossed in it and you found your mind wandering or you're checking your phone i think you could easily get lost yeah yeah and yeah no i I didn't get too lost really i mean it it was absolutely mate if you grabbed your phone and checked twitter even for a minute or if Mm. you know somebody you know interrupting and you missed the scene then you would you would lose it for sure you need it's one of those episodes where it's you've got to watch it properly from start to finish otherwise you will lose yourself but i wasn't too confused i I was more um yeah it was more sort of that mental effort to sort of keep up yeah if you like you know and make sure you're following it properly but um yeah i mean another thing for me is it's very very obvious with some of these moffat scripts that he has a weekend of watching films or TV programs, and then they end up in Doctor Who. That's very, very (laughs) apparent, isn't it? Because if you look at how the episode opens, so uh, the Vatican turn up, don't they, to request Mm. the Doctor's help with something. And that's quite a funny little scene, actually. Yeah, and then the Pope's there, and all like, you know, these sort of heads from the Vatican. Mm. And that, like the style that that was, because they say to him, you know, we want you to look at something called the Veritas, which is this script, isn't it, this book from, you know, centuries old that predates everything but you know when people read it they didn't commit suicide so you know that they requested the doctor's help you know to to investigate this and uh all that you know even the style of the story and almost the way it was filmed as well the way you know the look and feel of that opening sort of 15 minutes with all that going on that was if anyone's ever seen the da vinci code with uh, tom hanks yeah you know it's pretty much that you know, it's like a code almost to be, you know, to be sorted out. And uh, so that it, it very, it very, it felt like the Moffat had just watched a load of films that weekend before he wrote it and just sort of injected those themes into it. 
Mm, it wouldn't then, be the first time, would it? <clears throat> Last Christmas. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, so, yeah, he does, he does do that a lot. Um, yeah. What would you call it? Um, stealing. No, I mean, homage. Homage, yeah. Homage, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the other thing was, you know, saying that this was a computer simulation, you know, that's obviously, mm. as we all know, that's like the Matrix. Yeah. You know, that, that's been, yeah. A, we've seen all that stuff before. Uh, because we've seen this before with Doctor Who, it references, you know, the alien movies, you know, in the past. And it sometimes it does very, it feels very much like something we've seen before. And again, that for me was, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily mind watching Who or sci-fi that leans on other sci-fi a little bit and, and borrows good themes because essentially that's how good sci-fi is made. You know, it's all in that genre. It's all sort of, you know, there's a big sort of bag of tricks somewhere and it's got all these very recognisable and, you know, well-trodden paths, if you like, if you know what I mean, from all these sci-fi themes. So yeah. you can pick these out from time to time and use them, but I just felt like this was very much a... Ooh, look what we watched at the weekend. We should put this in Doctor Who, you know, more than once. So, yeah, I mean, it can be very blatant. Like, was it last week in Oxygen? We got that. It actually started with the the Star Trek tagline, didn't it? Space, the yes. final frontier. And I was thinking, okay, sometimes they're really blatant in their sort of um, yeah. borrowing, and yes. other times they kind of slip it in there, seeing if you notice. So, yeah, yeah. Well, we had that. We had a couple of things, didn't we? In in this one, we had. Um, uh, we had some video game references and stuff, didn't we? We had yeah. uh, Grand Theft Auto and Mario. That's right. And, what did you uh, think about him saying um, that the you know when you shoot people in a game, they do really feel it? Did you think that was the moth trying to get kids to to stop playing? Because he was sort of basically saying when kids are playing those games, the characters in the games do actually feel it. Oh, I'm not sure. Maybe. And I was thinking, yeah. is he just putting a little message out there to kids to stop playing all these violent games? <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Because this was quite a dark episode. I mean, the Moffat does tend to go quite dark. I mean, there was on the second watch, it struck me of how much suicide is mentioned in it, yeah. which um, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't. Well, I did pick up on it on the first watch, but on the second watch, it really struck home how many times like suicide comes up and, and is even, you know, said in the episode and it's said a lot um and i thought that is quite dark for doctor who actually um you know you've got like everybody killing themselves the the, the you know the guys with the bombs under the desks the pill taking um funny enough on the first watch it didn't really bother me but on the second watch it did strike me as a bit um uh unpleasant was when they make a joke out of the guy shooting himself you know the guy who reads a book and runs away the, and then they said uh, oh yeah. at least one survived and then you hear the gunshot and i was like oh it is it is quite dark i think actually in this and i'm you know i'm borderline comfortable with that i because i i still see doctor who as a family show um but i don't know what did you because you've got kids and i mean a lot of people said that the monsters were very scary which i thought they were but i thought that was a good thing but i did find the sort of other darker side of the actual suicide nature perhaps ooh, a bit sort of on the edge uh, what did you think as, as someone who's a family man did you think it was family viewing because a lot of people did criticize it for being too dark possibly yeah, mm. yeah just I maybe mean, just a touch on it, it yeah no i agree no I, my son didn't watch this one with me he wasn't here and he, and we normally do catch up and and watch it because we have it on because i record it on sky so we normally watch it you know a day or two after if he's not around and I have to say, but yeah, I think I agree. I think there are some some quite dark themes in this one. Yeah, because he would be quite scared by the monks, you know, the mummified looking 
They looked great, didn't they? Zombies. But they oh, were they scary. Were yeah. yeah. So he would be kind of, you know, on face value scared by that stuff because that's just monsters in Doctor Who. Sometimes they can be quite creepy or scary. Mm. But I think, yeah, I mean, as a, a youngster viewing it with the various mentions of suicide and, and death and so on, yeah, maybe it is a stepping on the, maybe it is going close to the line, you know? Mm. It reminded me a bit of Dark Water, actually. Remember how that, got quite close oh, yeah, to the phone yeah. about the whole um when you die you're still alive i can't remember there was something in there that i remember thinking oh that's really nasty like if you think about it you know i mean i don't know a lot of it probably goes over kids heads so maybe it's just the fact um yeah. you know that we pick it up. but i did yeah i did think it on a second watch i could see why some people you know who felt it was perhaps a little bit dark for a family show but yeah because i quite like doctor who when it goes dark but i yeah I, you know obviously thinking about it from a family show point of view maybe it was just on the edge a little bit at times yeah mm, yes mm. no i agree it was um it definitely had some dark undertones there yeah yeah and it was quite gra- not it's, i wouldn't say it was graphic but there was definitely that it didn't shy away from stuff so the guy that we saw in the, the secret library at the Vatican, you know, the guy who runs off with the pistol and then he shoots himself. Yeah. There's no getting away from what he's done. You know, you can't mask that, in a, you know, so it wasn't shine away. But the, the one scene that I thought was very, um, uh, was very forward, if you like, was when, um, Bill and Nardole go through one of the portals, end up at the, you know, the CERN scientific research place. Yes, yeah. And all the scientists have got all of those explosives wired up to all of the tables. You know, I thought that was very, uh, what's the word? Like I said, it's not graphic because you don't see anybody sort of dismembered or being killed or anything. But, Mm. you know, that sort of, you know, especially the world we live in today. Yeah, and I'm it's think- a dark imagery, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm thinking of yeah. events recently, like with Manchester and so on. Mm. You know, it's it, it's not, you know, they didn't have to show that in, in a way. I mean, I know mm. they sort of made it slightly cartoony because, the you know, the explosive did look like big, you know, cartoony yeah. sticks of big red dynamite, you know. So I know, That's I, true. you yeah. know, however, it, I did feel it was a little, that for me was the the bit in the, in the story where I thought, oh, you know, this is a very, it's a very dark. You know, this is like mass suicide. Yeah, that's know. where that's the point. I wondered where we were going with it because at mm. that point, on the first watch, obviously we don't know what what we're still asking a lot of questions at that point, aren't we? Like, why are they able to say the same number in the same order? Like, I was thinking that's why I was quite engrossed in on the first watch, thinking, well, what's going on here? Right? This is really intriguing me. Like, why do they know the same number? And yeah, but I did same as you. I was thinking. Right, these guys are about to blow themselves up, and they seem really happy about it. What is going on in this story? You know, yeah, um, yeah. and yeah, when you do find out the the reason why that is dark, and especially the old president just sort of lying there with his pills on the floor as well, I was thinking, oh my word, this but, is really like adult stuff. Again, you know? yeah, that was quite an adult That's thing nasty. to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I did quite like that in the story. I did, I like that aspect that the people that did sort of take their own lives. They did so without any sort of worry or because they knew that they were a simulation. Mm. They had figured it out from either reading the Veritas or, um, you know, because it, it also was a chain reaction, isn't it? So that guy that had broken into the library in the Vatican, 
he had emailed it, hadn't he, to CERN. That's right, yeah. And they yeah. had read it, and then they figured it out. And then, you know, the random, supposedly random string of numbers. It's all intriguing stuff. Yeah, but, I liked all that. Yeah. yeah. But then there was a scene where in CERN where the guy was obviously, you know, a bit tippy because <laughs> he's ready to sort of see his fate, you know, happy. Um, there were a few scientists there that were sort of rubbing their heads and not sure about it, and you could see the doubt there. Mm. Um but uh, yeah, I did find that. I mean, that was one of the things I, I, that I said originally that I mean with this story. There are moments of genius in there. There, there are moments of just great Doctor Who and great television. And I was like, I was glued. You know, I was like, this is. I even sat there and thought, this is this is amazing. This is great Doctor Who. Mm. That, you know, that's on right now. Um, but it was just pockets. That ultimately, after a second watch, I found that those moments were just sort of pockets throughout the episode. And really, for me. I thought, I know we'll come on to it, but I thought Bill was, I think this is her best story so far. Really? Now that does surprise me because yeah. I didn't think Bill got all that much to do this week, actually. I mean, I loved the scene with the date because that gave a much needed injection of humour into what was <laughs> quite a dark episode. Yeah. That was a lovely scene when she's like, nothing to feel guilty about. And then the Pope pops up and she's like, I'm just going to go and shout at the re- the pipes. Or whatever. Yeah. I, I thought that was a lovely you know, scene to have in the middle of this quite dark story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm surprised, mate. Tell me why you think that, because I I felt a bit sorry for Bill this episode. I didn't think she got all that much to do. But um but yeah, no, tell me why you why you thought she was great. Yeah, because I felt like she had really found her feet as, oh. as, as a companion in this one. Yeah. I, I think in the the stories up to this point, obviously from the pilot with the introduction to her, it was it was a bit sort of softly, softly. You know, she's sort of finding her way. Yeah. Her relationship with the Doctor is, you know, progressing and, and all that stuff. And she's been very... Like, her performance in Oxygen, she was generally quite terrified of what yeah. was happening to her. She was really scared. And also, we saw a little glimpse of that in um, uh, Thin Ice, where she was quite confident, you know, and she was happy to go along with it. But when she saw, like, you know, the, you know, the kid dragged under the ice, she got very upset and stuff Freaked like that. Out, yeah. Whereas in this one... I just felt that her confidence level as a companion really just sort of went to that next level and she really found her feet with it because there was a really cool scene where her and Nardole see like the portal open in the library. Yeah. You know, and they're both sort of staring at it and it's her that instigates that. She's like, we should probably not go and check mm. it out or something. And it's the and it's that real that it's almost like she's developed that that little glint in her eye that the doctor gets when everyone else sees it as a you know a scared terrible situation to run away, but she she's now starting to see it almost as the doctor would see it, sort of more out of interest and I see. I've got yeah. to investigate and I've got to see what it's about. Mm. So I loved her character for that, and then you know obviously we'll find out in an episode or two maybe where Nardole and bill have gone i imagine they've just been deleted from that simulation and their real selves are well we know that for a fact because we saw bill didn't we at the end well she disintegrated didn't she and i did ask myself why i was like what's just happened it makes you wonder if maybe in the real world maybe something else happened to them i don't know oh no because we did see the next time trailer didn't we That's so it, yeah so we yeah. see them yeah so we know that yeah. but like you say she didn't have a lot of screen time that we've seen mm-hmm. in the past episodes with bill but for me what we did see of her i thought she was just brilliant yeah, I mean, I will agree with that. I, I, I think she she's fantastic in it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I really do. And I'll tell you what I did love was um, her and Nardle together this mm. week because they spend a lot of this episode, just the two of them together. 
they were great. And I, lo- I love the fact that Nardal's slightly warm towards Bill now because he was very, he had his nose power plate place didn't he in the beginning he was like what is she doing here you <laughs> yeah, know um because yeah. the doctor had found a new friend and i think now he's there's there's this real nice warmth between them that they're sort of looking out for each other yeah. um i mean there is that scene where nardal does put bill in her place um when he gets all badass i thought that was really oh, yeah. funny because because <laughs> it's strange actually because what i liked about that is it is that scene didn't go the way i thought it would like bill, bill starts standing up for herself saying don't you tell me I'm walking behind you. I'm I'm going out in front. You know, I thought, oh, that's, you know, that's um, Moffat writing Bill was a strong female lead. And then yes. you got old yeah. Nardle comes in and chips in and says, takes his glasses, doesn't he, and gets all <laughs> all serious. He's like, this is why you're going to walk behind me. But I was like, okay, this is really funny. Um, you know, and he's like, all right, Bill. And then he turns into a coward, like literally half a second later, doesn't he, yeah. when he sees yeah. the gun or whatever. Um, but I, I love the interaction between nardle and bill this week i just thought loving these guys um especially in the portal when when nardle works out what's going on and he puts his hand in and he's like oh no (laughs) and he just disintegrates and i just thought they were great together um and i I do agree with you mate about bill i thought what she you know the bits that she was in this episode i did think she was great um but yeah i just i was i was sort of thinking in terms of like she wasn't as prominent, I suppose, this week, which yeah, is not a bad yeah. thing. It's not a bad thing at all. But uh, I wouldn't say it was the strongest episode in my view, just because she wasn't in it that much. But, but I agree with you. What she was in, I thought she was excellent. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I, I just. Yeah. Sorry, go on. You just thought. No, no. I just, just, I just, because I just love her and Nardle together. I thought they were great. They were really great. Sort of enjoyed them on screen. You know, whenever they were on on the screen. I mean, mm. with that bit where they go in the Vatican, uh, ridiculous, but but quite a funny <laughs> little scene at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And I really did actually the same as you. I really enjoyed the um the the tag team of, of Bill and Nardo because I thought in Oxygen he was a bit whiny throughout most of it and uh, him and Bill didn't really have much of a uh, a team up sort of going on. But I thought it's just this, good yeah. to see that other side of Nardo, wasn't it, when mm. he does actually uh, put his foot down. It's like, oh, get you. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I also thought that they've got the balance pretty much right now because Let's rewind a bit to when Clara was in the episode. Yeah. The way that Clara was written is that she would have been this, she would have been in an episode like this all the time. True. You know, so I think it's good to not have so much focus on the companion and get back to, you know, we've said it loads of times, you know, throughout the Moff era, let's get back to having it about the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And his plan and he's driving it and and all that stuff. So, um, but it's interesting having the doctor in this so um you know not not a full strength you know he's still got the blindness going on and he's using all these devices just just to be able to function now yeah. what did you think about that because i'm still undecided about that i mean I, th- I think it's a good i think it adds an extra element of danger to the episode especially when the he borrowed some sight from his future or something i thought what's going on here where's that leading because he does throw out a few I don't know, maybe I won't be able to regenerate anymore or maybe I won't be able to do this. And I clearly, I think that's going to have some effect yeah, of course on his regeneration because yeah. of the things he was saying. But what did you, you know, what, what are you feeling about the doctor being blind? Because I, it's some, I think it's quite good, but on, on the other hand, I can't wait for him to just get back to being normal. So I'm a bit, I wouldn't say I'm tired of it already, but I don't know. There were times I was thinking, oh, come on, just like, I think at the end, I just wanted him to be, able to see again i was thinking come on you know get, get, but I, I don't know i still think it's a good thing but we can't have it dragged out too much longer i don't think or I, it'll get a bit annoying yeah i hope not i mean 
yeah, it, it's it's a great performance from Capaldi to do this, you know, yeah. to play a blind person. But uh, the the two things for me that are, you know, having to wear the sonic shades all the time, yeah, and um, that I mean that's not so bad in itself, but then that creates the the problem with that the budget can only stretch so far. So then you have like really bad graphics that you have to look at when you know when you're looking through the doctor's eyes if that makes sense or through his and how is shades. he even seeing him because that's like i think i think he's so he's blind but the shade how's he seeing what's in the shades i don't you know yeah well I, I how think do they work well i think you know that the, the way he operates the sonic screwdriver is kind of it's by thought isn't it somewhat mm. so i think yeah. it's like a two-way thing maybe you know he's controlling not controlling, but the sonic shades are sort of passing that telemetry back to him. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it just looks awful, like that horrible green. I mean, they don't look so like sophisticated. Um, no, sort of controls that you would see for something like that. It does look very, very basic. And any mm. of our older listeners who used to own the older, uh, I remember my first computer being, um, I think it was a, a an Amstrad cpc 64 or something like that and it had mm -hmm. the screen with just one color which was this really bright garish green um it re really reminded me of those really old games <laughs> yeah. i used to play on there yeah. and i thought wow you know the graphics aren't too dissimilar <laughs> from like you know 20 year old computing but there we go it, it's yeah i mean now, I'm you, now you mention it <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping that they do sort this out. i don't want him to be playing like the blind doctor for much longer because i think the the novelty is going to wear off and you, mm. you know, we just need to crack on with the story, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. so on. But there are some little interesting nuggets. Like you said, he does throw out. So, you know, he's borrowing some sight from one of his future selves, if you like, mm. which I found a bit, it's too easy. It's one of those things that you see in who, where it's like, oh, you know, if only we had a spaceship mm. and then a spaceship lands in front of them. It's yeah. a very Moffat thing to do as well, isn't it? Just, uh, how can yeah. I get around this? I know, I've got it. Yeah, yeah it does. It's a bit throwaway. It's a bit yeah. wishy-washy. It just seems yeah. like it's too it's too easy of a, of a plot device to put in there. Mm. Because now, essentially what he's done, and it's, you know, poor Chibbers, you know, the Moff has basically said to him, right, you know, here's a clean slate, you know, go and do your thing. Yeah. However... You know, mm. I've also taken away X, Y, and Z, so you're going to have to factor that into everything that you do I now. did think the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, like, he's putting all this stuff in there that old Chibbers was going to have to deal with later on, we assume. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wonder where we're going with it. I'm thinking, is this is this going to, you know, and I keep thinking, why can't the Doctor regenerate his eyes? Uh, like, or, or will he regenerate if he does that or what? You know, there's still a lot of questions we haven't got answered, but, um, I read yeah, I yeah. see where we're going with it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what did you think to some of the story stuff then? Because we did have, uh, again, just to touch on this very briefly, visually looks very, very lovely as all the episodes yes, have nice, done. Yeah. Um, the editing, I think we can say that's a bit of a disaster. I think it's just a bit odd, wasn't it? It wasn't <laughs> slick. It, you know, because you can do, you can do timey-wimey. We can do flashbacks very well but i don't know about you mate but you do, you do know what i mean by that don't you it wasn't just yeah, me it, yeah. it just kept sort of going i don't know it just, it just seemed odd the editing to me this week um mm -hmm. yeah didn't flow i think it was jarring because we had jarring like quick cuts and then we also had sort of fade to blacks and then there was mm -hmm. you know black screens that lasted you know a second or two 
longer or shorter than the other one. And yeah, because if it was like the doctor passing out, and then and then that's what he's thinking while he's passed out, that would make sense. Because you know, like that weird cut I mentioned earlier. If we'd have then cut to the doctor sort of waking up or something, but it doesn't. It just fades to black, and then instantly starts in the next scene. And I was thinking, what? What's going on? Yeah. It just seemed a bit jarring to me. But it, yeah. Well, you could but, say that you know it's creative editing. There's probably yeah. editors or people studying that <clears> stuff who think it was, you know, absolutely something different, phenomenal. Yeah. And it was great for a TV show to be doing that stuff. But yeah, I think mm. from a from from somebody that doesn't, you know, understand the ins and outs technically of editing, or you know that stuff, it it just felt very jarring and a bit. Yeah, I would say a bit yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, so we had the. It was a story of two parts, really, because it was a series of flashbacks as well, wasn't it? Explaining. So let's talk about the stuff with Missy then. Yes, we should. Yeah, Let's touch on that because we've been waiting to find out since the start of the series what is in the vault, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and uh, the the quantum chamber, as we we found it out to be, which... uh, So it was a nice little mini twist to kick off those flashbacks because... Uh, the doctor is being shown around the execution area. Yeah. And you initially thought it's for the doctor. You know, you thought, is the doctor going to be the one getting the chop here? I liked that twist. Yeah. I've so, got to say, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So that was quite cool. So the, the, the guy sort of, you know, reeling out what's going to happen to him. That's what it looked like at first, yeah. first glance. Because the doctor looks quite worried and perturbed, doesn't he? He's not just... He's not acting like somebody that's carrying out the execution for another Time Lord. It, you know, this look on his face, you kind of feel like he's, you know, it's happening to him. Yeah. And then Missy comes out and then you think, ah, right. So it's not the doctor getting the chop. You know, Missy's been sentenced somehow, captured yeah. and sentenced to uh, to death. And it's got to be the doctor to carry out the sentence because according to whatever, has to be another Time Lord yeah. to do it. So, uh I really that was a that. good twist. Yeah, yeah it was a good. Yeah. Twist. And Missy mentions the Daleks, doesn't she? Cause, um, I, I don't know. Are we ever going to find out how she got away from the Daleks? Or do you think the moth's just written a line under that and said, because she just sort of says, oh, the da- according to the Daleks, you're on Derillium or something. It's as if she made a deal with them and they've just let her go or what. We don't know. Yeah. So Derillium, that's the, that that's where, um, isn't that where the, the doctor ends up with River? River song. Yeah. 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 And, uh, doesn't she say, you know, sorry about River or whatever? She mentions River, doesn't she? She meant, yeah. She says sorry to hear about your loss or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So quite a vulnerable Missy in this bit. Very. You know, yeah. we see her very upset and she's she almost breaks down. So when the doctor's about to do it, yeah. and we all know that he wasn't going to do it. Come on. We all know that the doctor yeah. and the master, it's been a, it's been a thing, hasn't it, in Who for, for so long. Yeah, you know, I, I did like it though because it reminded me a little bit of the McGann movie, you know, where he's carrying the master in the the master's sentence to death or whatever, or at the start of the TV movie, and then he's got him in the casket and he turns into the snake and all that. I was thinking mm-hmm. it's a bit like that, isn't it? The poor old doctor always has to get called in to do the dirty stuff, do the dirty work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Actually, yeah, it was a bit like the movie. The yeah. doctor's, you know, custodian of the of the master to be put in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I. I I, I did think, like, is he going to... No, no, he's not going to do no. it. And uh, very vulnerable Missy. But then, as, you know, we've grown to love, really, from her performance as, as the master, I suppose, she mm. turns instantly back into, you know, so they think that she's 
either dead or passed out, uh, unconscious on the on the mat. And then she sort of wakes up, doesn't she? And, and says something quite funny and then lays back down again. Yeah, yeah. She's like, take your time. I've just been executed over That's here it. or something. Yeah. yeah. So, you yeah. know, snap a finger. She's back into normal Missy mode and yeah. and stuff. So that's the reveal, isn't it? That's how we find out because he has to keep her in there for a thousand years. That That's the deal. That's it. You know, and uh, so I think that the doctor sort of, alt, you know, he sort of alters the deal, if you like. He sabotages the uh, whatever mechanism he's going to destroy the, the the missy but i think he just rigs it doesn't he so that she's yeah. just unconscious for a bit uh, but it's interesting to me that why he has to carry out the second part so if he's not bothered at all by you know throwing the rule book out the window and not you know taking her life it seems weird that he he has to follow up on that other part then why why would he have to keep her in the vault for a thousand years and yeah and all that if he's point. not bothered about the rules clearly mm. why not just let her go because he obviously didn't kill her like he was supposed to yeah i don't know i suppose maybe because he just knows she'll go off wreaking havoc again <laughs> perhaps he's just a bit torn on what he should do he's thinking well i better keep her locked up because otherwise she'll be off destroying the universe or something but yeah and i did sort of think the same thing i was thinking yeah, so he sort of backed out of doing the actual execution, which we knew he would. But yeah, why does he still feel he's got to honour the thousand years or whatever it is? Um, I, the, the thing I did like about that, though, is they did play on the friendship of the two of them again, which I always think is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that. Um, um, yeah, and I do. I think it makes sense that they would get the Doctor to do it. So that was all good. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess he's just trying to keep her out of trouble, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is needed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's a reveal. I'm not sure how you felt about that. I just felt it was a bit of a. Yeah, it fell really flat. Mm. Got to be honest. I was just like, oh, that's very disappointing. Mm. Even though the, the actual scene was nice and location was great by that lake and the, the set pieces they'd put up looked good. Um, got a great actor in there, actually, a guy I really like um, who I don't know what his name is, but he, he's starred in humans i don't know if you ever watched humans, humans but yeah that's great 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 series and uh, he he was in that playing the character max what's his real name it's um something jemiah i think can't remember his actual real name uh, but, ivano um, ivano, Jem- ivano Jere- that's it jeremiah yeah. yep ivano jeremiah yeah yeah great actor do you know it's funny when they were talking about new doctor who's um i was watching humans at the time and i was thinking he would make a great doctor um but um now he's been in it not that that not that that will stop them, but uh, now he's been in it perhaps so free soon it probably won't happen. But um, yeah, it's good to see him in Who anyway. And I thought he was good in it. Yeah. Um, the only thing I didn't like about that scene, well, not that I didn't like it, but I was just like, God, the moth's done that so many times. Is to get out of the situation, the doctor's like, look me up. And they look him up and then then they all run away. And I was like, oh, the Moffat has oh, done yeah. that quite a lot. You know, he's got to stop doing that. Well, he'll have to stop because he'll be sacked soon. But uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I did think that is a very typical Moffat trope, isn't it? Of the yes. doctor saying, yep. you know, look me up. You'll be scared of me. And then they look him up and they all run away. And he did it again. <laughs> so that was the only thing that slightly niggled me in that scene. But I guess it was just to move yeah. it on quickly. It's but just, you know what I mean? He has done that a lot. And he, yeah, it's too weird. Like I said, it's with the whole thing with, um, uh, with the moth throwing in the... Uh, was it I mentioned a little while ago? It, it, it's just a too easy of a of a of a script device to you know to sort the story out. It's just yeah. How did the doctor get Missy in the in the vault as well? Like is in the is it all the way over in that river? 
Like, I mean, he, I just got visions of the Doctor dragging her and... How do you get her in there? Well, I don't know. He would have... Because she's not the easiest person to to deal with, is she? She's not just going to walk in. Well, maybe she knows she has to. Mm. Maybe she feels like, well, you've done me a favour. You've kept me alive. You know, now I'll, I'll, do, what this, I'll do this thing that you want me to do because yeah. you saved my life. So maybe it's... We'll never know, will we? Unless we have another flashback scene. I, you know, I think we will. I, I'm starting to think of all sorts of theories, like maybe this whole thing is a plan between her and the Daleks to get her into the vault, to get her into where she needs to be. And I don't know, it could be anything, couldn't it? It could be. And that's what I was yeah. thinking after I watched this on the rewatch. I thought, I think this is only the, the beginning of a, a bigger twist, if you like. I, I think there's lots more uh, yeah. to come. Yeah, definitely. With all this. I think we've only just scratched the surface of, mm. you know, what's going on. But uh, yeah, the whole Missy thing, it was expected. We all knew she was going to be in it. We all knew. And I think most of us suspected it was her in the vault. It would just would have yeah. been nice to have uh, a bit, her make a bit more of an entrance, if you like, because she just comes out the door and <laughs> it's a bit flat. There's no, you know, I'm not saying we needed a big drum roll or anything, you know, and announce <laughs> Missy, but it would have been nice to make more of it. She wasn't, um, she don't remember seeing her in the next time trailer, actually. Could be wrong. Uh, no, I don't think she is, no. Okay, because no. yeah, I was about no. to say, maybe, she, yeah, maybe this week, he'll go, the doors will finally open and we'll get to see inside, but I was just thinking, actually, I don't remember seeing her in the trailer, but yeah. anyway, yeah, we'll see. And obvi- oh, Well, we obviously know that there's more to come in terms of twists and more stuff involved with Missy, because we've got John Sims master to... Uh, yeah, somewhere in the mix. To look forward to. So there's definitely a you know, there's a, a big tangle of something going on that we're going to see. I'm not sure if it's going to be next week, but there's definitely more to come. What, what do you reckon to this idea of um, three different writers writing this three-parter? Because I think that's quite a nice idea, actually. So the mothball set it up. He's done his usual thing, and then he said, right, <laughs> you carry on from here to whoever's writing next week. Who is next week's? Don't know who it is. Can't uh, remember what now. Is it Pyramid at the End of the World next week, isn't it? Yeah. Um, can't yeah, remember who's writing that will no well, surprise for anyone we can't remember. But what do you reckon to this idea of three different writers writing the trilogy? So it'd probably make it more fun and diverse, I think. Um, I I like the fact that we've got three different writers because, yeah, like we've said so many times, mm-hmm. the moth is great at an idea and a concept. Yes. He's just not that amazing sometimes at um, sort of executing that on screen. You know, I, th- I think if he's one of these people that has these amazing ideas for Doctor Who, you can tell that he's a lifelong fan and he really gets Doctor Who and he has these just superb ideas. And on paper, just as a paragraph, when he's pitching it to somebody, they probably think, crikey, that's like, that's amazing. I, you know, that's such a brilliant Doctor Who story. But then when it comes to actually writing the script and the details... I think he just loses himself a little bit and he just goes off on a huge, you know, a huge, he, massive tangent with things. He and, loses his way, doesn't he? Does, he? Yeah. I mean, I, that's why I'm quite glad that it's somebody else writing the next two because, yeah, I mean, very often I'm thinking of like um, Dark Water, I thought was fairly decent from what I remember. And then we got, um, what was the following? What was the final called? Death in Heaven. Yes. was just dreadful, wasn't it? And I'm just thinking, so you, you like you say, he very often comes up with this great start and then just completely falls apart yeah. um, in the second half. And it's he's done that, you know, a few times. Um, so like Heaven Sent and Hell Bent, 
Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a moffatism. So I'm quite pleased that he's set it up. He's done his bit. Um, and I personally thought he did it well. And then somebody else will get to do it. And then somebody else will get to finish it. And I, I, hopefully it'll pay off. I think it will. But It's Peter Harness. Peter Harness. Next there we week. go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very, very up and down, though. So he wrote the brilliant Zygon two-parter. Yes, really did like that. Yeah. However, he also wrote Kill the Moon. I didn't mind Kill the Moon. I know a lot of people hate it. I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was awful. Really? But no, no, I didn't mind Kill the Moon. I know it's not it's not popular amongst fandom, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Concentrate on the Zygon one. It was very good. Yeah, the Zygon you know, one. Heard, yeah, the Zygon one. And then Toby Whithouse is writing the yeah. the sort of third part, the Lie of the Land. What's he's done quite a lot, hasn't he? Uh, Toby Whithouse. What did I say? White House. Whithouse. Whithouse. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's doing the the final part. So he did like School Reunion, which is good. Vampires of Venice, meh. God Complex, uh, divisive. A lot of people like it. Mm. Town Called Mercy, yeah, he's done he's done loads actually, isn't he? Under the Lake before the flood, he did. So that he should be quite good at wrapping it up. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, well, I remember. I've got to ask you. Did you talking of wrapping it up? Did you think the way the the monk what were they called the, the guy the scary guys what are they, are they called the monks just or? the monks yeah is that what they're called the monks now what do you think about the way they're, they're talking with their mouths open because I immediately thought well that's how the Mondasian Cybermen talk they just open <laughs> their mouths and words come out I was thinking now now what's going on here is it a coincidence or is that going somewhere do you reckon oh crikey um, did you think it no I didn't mate oh okay alright um, uh, it might be nothing then but no no possibly it's just yeah. they come in and he did the exact thing that they did, don't they? They open their mouth, and then but the voice seems to be coming differently. And I just thought that's that's very Mondasian Cybermen. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just wondered if that was coincidence or if that's yeah. going somewhere. I I'll tell you what, it did look. I know it's not the same thing, but they did look like the Sisterhood of Khan. Oh yeah, a bit of the red robe going on, a little bit Pyroville as well. Hmm. Yeah, have that vibe about them. Mm. I just wondered. I just something I yeah maybe struck mate. me when I was watching it, but it could be nothing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the monks in this, then they were a little bit obviously look very creepy and so on. They look great. Yeah. Uh, but we don't really see. We don't really find out much more about them, do we? Other than they're there to take the veritas from the library, no. from the doctor, and uh, and that's it. They're off. Yeah, we don't really find out a lot. About I assume them. we will. I assume we'll find out in the next yeah. episode or two, what's going on with those guys. But uh, I thought they were quite cool. Yeah, I, I just thought they they looked proper scary. I mean, uh, I mean, the silence are a good design. But mm. I always think when as soon as they stretch their hands out and you get the wobbly, rubby fing- rubbery fingers, I always think they lose <laughs> it a little bit. But these guys probably look scary. I mean, we had proper close-ups of the faces as well. And it, the, the, yeah, I just thought they did the job. And I really want to see more of them. I thought, you know, I'm hoping... I, I've got a feeling it'll be the third part where they really kick off. I get a feeling next yeah. week's going to be another bit of exploration and uh, you know a little bit more story, a few hopefully a couple of answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the third part, I think the monks are really going to kick off. So we'll see. But yeah, I thought they looked fantastic. They did. Yeah, great mm-hmm. monster. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also really like the look of the you know the guys with the whole Missy flashback scene. Yeah, yeah, loved all that. Uh, I really like the. Uh, how all those guys looked yes yeah and i thought the whole stuff. setting and, and everything looked really great actually hmm. nice and simple but but it looked 
quite classy. Yeah, I liked it. Thought it was all good. Um, Murray Gold's music, I thought, was really quite almost non-existent for the most part in terms of nothing really stood out to me apart from one bit which I just wanted to mention and there's a bit where the doctor it cuts back to the, we see a little bit with Missy where she's like pleading with the doctor not to you know not to do it and then we cut back to the doctor um he's got those uh the weird um text reader thing oh that plugged yeah onto his head and it's a variation on the theme um this is Gallifrey oh yeah now someone else mentioned this and I yeah. um do you know, both times I've watched it, I, I must have missed it because I didn't pick up on it. But I saw really someone nice. say it on Twitter. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll have to go back and watch it again because I, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, that's one of my favourite pieces of music from oh, Murray Gold. great piece, yeah. yeah. And when I heard it, I thought, that's that's uh, that's that track. And I thought, this is lovely. And it's got it's just a, a bit slower, slightly different arrangement. I didn't hear that. I must, I must go back and watch it. I did not notice it. Well, you don't hear that bit from that from the original piece of music right it's just a lot it's a slower softer uh sort of arrangement but i thought it was great that he brought that back oh excellent for this year so i the rest of it i thought it was just quite generic there wasn't anything that jumped out that i thought wow this is brilliant music or anything but that no. one scene yeah i thought was really good i must admit i haven't written anything about the music this week it didn't yeah nothing um uh, I didn't notice it. You're quite right, actually. Mm. Um, not in a good or a bad way. I think, like you said, it was perhaps it was quite minimal this week. So I didn't really pick out anything at all mm. to do the music this week. No. Yeah. Uh, what about the Vatican aspect of it? The religious side of things with the Pope turning up and the Vatican peeps and. Yeah, well, I like. I did, as I said earlier, I like the scene with Bill, um, her poor date getting ruined and all that, and I <laughs> and I also like the bit where they first see the Doctor and Nardo's like. Um, no, the doctor says, oh, is it a collection tin thing or something? <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 no. I thought that was lovely. Really, really liked all that. And and again, we went straight from that to very serious bit of them at the table, you know, talking about the Veritas. And I, yeah. I, I was probably like you at that point thinking, this is great. Who? Yeah. Yeah. I'm love. What's this Veritas about? And these, you know, I was thinking this is great stuff. So, yeah, I quite liked all that. And I like the way Nardle's like... Um, when the doctor couldn't see what it was called, the doctor's like, "What's the book called?" And Nardo's like, "Oh yes, I can see. It's um, it's called the Veritas." Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, it's so it's so it's so cute. I was like Nardo's looking out for the doctor at this point because he knows he can't see and all that. And yeah, yeah I, I liked all that stuff. No, it's very good, and I quite yeah. like the uh, I quite like the because it's always a bit uh, interesting when Doctor Who has to deal with religion. Um, yeah, and, and, you it's know, a tricky subject, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and the thought of God and so on. Mm. So it's interesting that the the the, the 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 Pope and the Vatican and so on, they feel like their only sort of way of resolving the issue or finding out what's going on is to consult not a higher power as such, but, you know, someone that they're aware... It's interesting that they're aware of the Doctor as not human. You know, mm, and yeah. not and not of this world, if you like. So it's interesting to me from a conflicting point of view that you know they they believe in God and so on, but they're also aware of you know somebody that doesn't fall into that whole thing and yeah, should see, yeah. cancel yeah. out their belief in God. So it, I always find it interesting when they do that. But I, I did find it really cool that 
they injected that because it did have it did carry a weight with it. You did think this mm. is serious, you know, and it's uh, it, it really made the story feel quite heavy and quite serious in tone and so on. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and the guy that played the Pope, he's been in it before, hasn't he? He was in. Did you notice the guy uh, Joseph Long? He he played the in the episode Turn Left. Uh, yeah, when Donna and her family go to stay with this family. Um. The, you know, they go and stay with an Asian family. In that, yeah. You know, loads of them in that little house. He's like the dad, you know, at the end when they get shipped off to one of the camps. Oh, it's him, is it? Yeah, no, it's I him. Didn't, yeah. I didn't notice that. I, yeah, I didn't notice until the second time I saw him and I thought, I don't, oh, I've seen right. that guy before. And then it's like, oh, it's you know, another person that's been in Who multiple times. I didn't. No, no, I didn't pick up on that. No, I didn't recognise him. But I know that, yeah, I remember that scene because... Um, Oh, we haven't reviewed Turn Left, have we? But anyway, I'll save my thoughts a little bit. Oh, I do remember that scene. Yeah, yeah. So that was him, was it? He's, yeah. he's, he's gone gone from that to being the Pope. Not bad. Not a bad upgrade, a bit of a promotion. <laughs> no, not there. a bad upgrade. A few more quid yeah. in the pocket. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Um, at what point, sorry, I was going to say, were we at the, at what point were we in the sort of virtual reality world? That's the only bit I haven't quite got my head around on the second watch. Like, because this does bring me up to the one bit that did slightly fall down for me because it was all good uh, i thought um but watching it again second time i was like so the fake doctor manages to send yeah the information to the real doctor that's the only bit that i can't really get on board with because how does that happen but anyway i suppose again like a lot of lot of stuff you just got to go with it but what at what point were we in the virtual world where does where do we or are we in it straight from the word go apart from the very very sort of pre-title sequence. Are we in it from that point on or what? I don't know. It's not that clear, is it? I suppose because of the flashbacks and stuff. Yeah, I don't think... Well, I think we are. And then I think it's when... I think it's at that point... So in the flashbacks, yeah, that's the real world. And I think the rest of the story is the simulation. Yeah, yeah. Or I think, or one of the simulations, because there's two, isn't there? There's the one with the Doctor reading the Veritas, and there's the other one with the Doctor in the White House and so on. That's it. You know. So what do you, what do you think about the, that, the way that it was all concluded? The Doctor sends the, emails. the real Doctor in emails. <laughs> but he's a he's not real. And how would... I don't know. There's a little bit of me thinks that doesn't quite work if you think about it too much. But Yeah, well, that's the... that's. The, I guess that's the premise we I have to go you can with, apply isn't it? to a lot of things, yeah. yeah. So he's yeah. read... He's recorded all the text with the sonic shades. And yeah. then he's emailed them to his proper self because he's realised that it's a simulation. So I guess the Doctor's worked out, you know, because let's, if we look at the bigger picture of Doctor Who, he's like, he's a Time Lord, isn't he? So he's aware of how to get from A to B across time yeah. and space. So I guess he knows how to do that. Yeah, I suppose so. You know? I just it, it, on the second watch, it did strike me as a bit. It's a it's a very typical Moffat thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. It's like he got to the end of the script, he's like very pleased with himself. He's like, right, just got to tie this all together now. <laughs> no, How can I, I do that in thirty seconds? I got it. Yeah. yeah. But no. I don't know. It did, didn't didn't really bother me, but it did. I did think about it more on a second watch. I totally read you. I I, yeah. I get it. it's another one of those little things in the episode <laughs> that was a little bit too easy and a bit yeah. moff to just. Oh, let's just tie up the episode by doing this because you know we don't have to think too much about that. Yeah, so I, yeah. I read you. Yeah, it does yeah. a bit. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we've spoken about um, some story stuff. We've spoken about Missy and the whole vault reveal. Uh, yeah. We've spoken about the monks. Spoken about the Vatican peeps. Uh, spoken about Bill and Nardo. 
Um, okay, let's talk about anything else story-wise before we speak about Capaldi and his performance. Um, no, I will just say something about Nardle, though. Um, I absolutely loved him in this week's episode because, you know, I was a bit disappointed that he didn't get to do much last week apart yeah. from follow the doctor around moaning. Um, I thought he was great this week, uh, okay. Matt Lucas. I really, really enjoyed him in it. Um, I thought he was funny. I love the bit where he snaps and tries to be all authoritative in, in front of Bill when she's like, whatever, and all that. I just thought that was great. So, um, yeah, I just, yeah, absolutely loved Pearl Mackey and Matt Lucas and this week's story together. Um, oh. I'm hoping we get more of that next week. I thought they were great. Yes, I read you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Capaldi then. Capaldi. So in terms of, you know, if we discount some sort of niggles with the story and so on, uh, I would say that Capaldi's performance was outstanding mm. in this. I think the struggle that I, I've never had to do it, so I can't comment, but I would say that having to play a blind character and do that on top of carrying this, not carrying the story because the story wasn't a terrible one that needed carrying really, but, you know, carrying mm. the responsibility of the program, you know, on your shoulders and having to do all that stuff. I just thought, it, it was just amazing. Yeah, from start I'd to agree finish. with you. I thought. Yeah. I, I thought he. Was, I, I think he's been absolutely um, phenomenal this series so far. Um, and yeah, yeah, like you said, it's that's why I think it's quite interesting to have this twist of him being blind, mm -hmm. um, because I think it is giving us another sort of um, dynamic to the Doctor, and Capaldi is playing it really, really well. Um, and I like. I've always liked the fact that Capaldi's Doctor makes gadgets and things and. Yeah. You know, so um, no, I, I think Powell is excellent. Um, I, I, I thought he was superb in this, sto this story again. Um, and it's it's funny because like that scene when he grabs the laptop and he's got a little bit of sight back and then he's sort of falling on the floor and he's in proper peril, isn't he? And, and all that. And all those scenes, he just he's just so good in them. Um, like I'm sorry, I'm thinking about the bit where he gets strapped to the chair. And then he, but he's oh, already yeah. sort of planned yeah. it, you know, like mm -hmm. his sight comes back and then he realizes that actually it's not, um, you know, it's these evil Pope guys that are actually in the room and all that. I just, yeah, I just, every scene he's in, I just think he's just absolutely electric. He's good with the banter. He's good with the cutting remarks. <laughs> he's great at just feeling in charge of a situation like that. Um, yeah, he's knocking out of the park, mate. He's, he's, he's really has cemented himself as you know, one of the best doctors, I think, in the series. He's, he's brilliant. Definitely, yeah. And some of this, I mean, f he's just on fire on in everything. So the mm. scenes with Missy. You know, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, particularly good in those. Yeah, yeah. sort of quite understated, quite sort of calculated. You know what he's, he knows what he's going to do. He's got his plan all sorted out. He knows he's not going to kill her, that's for sure. And uh, he's so cool. You know, when that guy's approaching him and he's like, look me up. I know that's a bit, you know, we said it's a bit, a bit me. It's been know. done before. But yeah, How, it's However, good. you know, the way that he delivers it and the way that he goes through it, he's just so cool. And it's the whole look as well. Yeah. Uh, he just yeah. looks like the Doctor now. The hair's a bit longer. He's a bit more ragged. Um, I love what he was wearing in the Missy scenes. That weird black coat just suited him down to the ground. You yeah. know what I mean? I was just yeah. thinking he's rocking this Doctor <laughs> You know, he's got the hair, the jacket, the look, everything. Yeah, um, yeah he just seems like so cool and in charge. I love, love this persona of the Doctor that we're getting now. Um, it's brilliant. And I, and I love, I think the Doctor and Missy work well together. I know some people don't like Missy. Some people do. Um, I like her for the most part. 
Um, but I see, always think she works very well with Capaldi's Doctor, uh, if you know what I mean. So I'm, I am looking forward to seeing a bit more of them together, hopefully. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Right, scores. Shall we go on to that? Or have you got anything else you want to say? No, let's just go to the scores. It's me to go first. So I am going to go with a seven. A seven? Yeah. I thought you might go higher. Uh, I'm going slightly higher, 7.5. I'm putting it on par with... um, Pilot. I was going to call it the puddle. <laughs> the pilot. Um, yeah, I thought it was very good. If I was to have written a score straight after watching it, I would have given it an eight. Um, but it doesn't bear up as well on a second watch, I have to be honest. It's still good, though. Um, so, yeah, 7.5 for me on that one. Okie dokie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would have given it a bit higher score, mate. Um, but I just thought that um, those two big story elements could have been done a bit, you know, it's a setup as well, isn't it? It's a setup yeah. episode. That's the only thing is that takes it away from being really, really great, I think, is that it does just set things up for, you know, it, it goes round in a circle, basically, yes. you know, uh, by the end of it. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a setup episode, but still enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, what's it now, listeners think? Mm. Our beautiful listeners. Uh, we're going to kick off with an audio review. Um, this is first time audio sender in a person. Uh, you will have known her from all of her awesome um synopsis uh from all of our past um episode reviews this is sammy satine hey g'day gary and adam sammy satine here so extremist well nado was badass this week go nado missy was back yay apparently about to be executed i wasn't sure who was the prisoner and while i knew the doctor wouldn't kill her i couldn't be a hundred percent sure Without hope, without witness, without reward. Not going to judge this until I've seen the episode, The Lie of the Land. So you'll have to wait for that to find out. Anyway, take care, guys. See ya. Thank you, Sammy. Hey, Sammy, how nice to put a voice to the... Because Sammy's been commenting for... A long time. So, yeah, thanks, Sammy. (laughs) Thanks, Sammy. Good to hear from you. Yeah, it's cool. Thank you. Uh, Over on Twitter, uh, Darren, uh, Twitter name Cult Dissection, says, convoluted beep, despite being a pretty decent episode, laugh out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Neil, Twitter name Bride to Moon, says, I definitely need to do a rewatch. Loved it the first time, but I felt it missed some bits. Mm, Okay. Uh, Over on Facebook, uh, Jake Bertwistle says, uh, I didn't go into extremists with high expectations because of Moffat, but I was pleasantly surprised. An all right story. Um, uh, confusing, uh, but still entertaining. Annoys me the fact that the Missy was in the vault and also we didn't get the grand entrance. Uh, the weakest episode of series 10 so far. Ooh, Seven out of yeah. 10. Mm. Let's do another audio clip. This is Joe Sweeney. Hello again, Adam. Hope you guys are well. Extremists. It is a good story in itself i mean on first watch i had i did found it a bit hard going because i didn't know what was going on but on the second watch i did slightly enjoyed it a bit more because i understand the concept of the doctor and bill nardo inside um assimilation and believe believing into thinking that they are real when when they are not 
um, Peter Capaldi, I, I, thought, I thought he was quite good, and it was quite interesting seeing the Doctor being uh, um, um, being so um, vulnerable in his blind state. And um, and the Sonic Shades, despite I hated them in Series Nine, I really liked them liked them in this episode because they had a purpose, and it was assisting the Doctor with his blindness, and it would have been a perfect way to introduce them in this episode. Um, Nardo was was really good. I liked him because he was like um, protecting Bill, um, and Bill was just there, and she didn't really do a lot. Um, and Missy. Um, and, and um, there was there was a loose thread. Um, it was never explained of how she escaped from the Daleks, and and Missy being inside the vault was just a massive letdown. And and it was um, and it was predictable as well because the next time trailer from last week's episode gave her away that she was in it. So overall, a good episode. So I'm hoping the next episode ties up all the loose ends. So I'll give a score of um, a six out of ten. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Uh, some interesting points there. Yeah, I think a lot of people said on the first watch, it was a bit, what's going on? Mm. And the second one, it sort of makes a bit more sense. But yeah. Cheers, yeah, it's, it, it definitely does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's do another audio clip. This is Ollie Cowley. Hello, Gary and Adam. Um, I thought Extremis was awful. Um, so it starts off with Michelle Gomez, who I, I already don't like. Uh, and it was revealed that she was in the vault all along. And I just thought that this was an absolutely just awful payoff because, I mean, how predictable was it? And there was no sort of build up to it. Um, and all the scenes with her in, in the episode, they might as well have just held up a sign saying these are irrelevant. They had no, no point at all. Uh, so the River Song reference with the diary i thought was pointless i mean it's a stephen moffat script so you've got to have the references to river but i don't like it um in episode one there was her picture now there was her diary so in episode 12 is there going to be a golden statue or something um there's no point to the pope in the episode otherwise it being you know the pope meets doctor who um and bill's turned about turned out a bit like clara where she just seems completely just to take it in her stride that there's you know a pope in her bedroom uh, so the lighting, I thought, in the library um, was was really quite bad because it's just I couldn't see what was going on. It was all dark and I, I just couldn't see. Um, so there was a, and I thought the explanation that he just read the audio book, I thought that was an absolutely pathetic explanation, to be honest. Um, as with all Stephen Moffat scripts, it just didn't hang together very well. Uh, the only thing I actually liked was Nardle, believe it or not. Out of the eight episodes he's been in, this is the only one I've liked him in. Uh, Overall, a three out of ten. Wow! Oh dear, not very impressed. I mean, you know, sorry. What was the who was that? That's Ollie. Ollie Cowley. Ollie, you yeah. do make some good points, Ollie. I do do understand where you're coming from on a lot of that. But uh, yeah, thanks for sending. in. Not happy. Not happy with it at all. Okay, uh, back on Facebook, uh, Maria uh, Kalatichow. Um, she says, "Must admit, I've watched it three times, and it's not my favourite." Oh, uh, all of the scenes at the lake with Missy uh, looks stunning and highlight the emotional tone of the episode, but the rest of it feels quite dry for me, especially the eventual, uh, just everything, uh, eventually a simulation. Uh, yeah. Capaldi is great. Get to see the doctor's vulnerability and the compassion with Matt Lucas it does get to show how good he can be. Um, uh, and explained how Nardole came to be with the doctor and his attitude with Bill. Uh, he said, uh, she says, but, uh, but the tone of it feels quite Sherlocky. And all of the chop-changing structure with the times and locations 
some uh, fairly straightforward and frankly really enjoyable episodes this year, and it feels a bit of a curveball. Mm. Clever, but not my cup of tea. Fair enough. Neil Monday, I loved it. Completely riveting story with a few interesting twists and turns. Uh, a bit disappointed it was Missy in the vault, but it was pretty obvious that was going to happen. Uh, TARDIS team working brilliantly. Still two parts to go, so I look forward to seeing more. Eight out of ten. Okay, yeah, that's good. George Coppen. Uh, you can tell it's a moth episode, but I love the idea of a practice Earth to invade. Mm. You can see that the Doctor hates being blind, and it's interesting to see how he's handling it. Um, anyway, good episode. Brilliant Monster, 7.5. Right, yep, decent. Uh, Miles McKenzie. Uh, if you get the plot, it's a fantastic story. We <laughs> can't really properly judge the episode because it's a three-parter. Uh, but Peter Pell and Matt are such a great TARDIS team. The monks are very creepy. Uh, Sonic Shade served a purpose, which is great. Also, the backstory on how Nardo and the Doctor met was a nice touch. Overall, great episode 8.5. Ooh, good. Another one. Uh, this is our penultimate audio review. This is Owen Daly. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you're well and enjoying the show this week. So, yeah, Extremis. I'm deeply, deeply disappointed. Um, I think from the second we found out who was in the vault, this story was going downhill. It was like a roller coaster ride. The whole series was going up to this point about who's in the vault, and all of a sudden it just crashed down, and it was a disappointment. I, it, it was too obvious to be Missy, and at least I would have liked it if they revealed Missy with the vault doors opening, not just the doctor off the cuff saying, talking to Missy through the vault. Like, there was no reveal, there was no re nothing. It was just him saying, oh yeah, Missy's in the vault, by the way, in case you didn't realise. And it, it, the subplot about her being put in the vault was just why? Why did we have to see that at this point in the series? Why couldn't that be, I don't know, the first episode or the second episode just didn't fit in with the narrative of this story, had nothing to do with the narrative of this story. This story, Extremis, was Stephen Moffat balancing two different setups. He was setting up the vault in the story, and then he was also setting up Pyramid at the End of the World. This story was an hour-long setup, and unlike the Ark in Space, which has beautiful setup in part one, this story was a drag and was boring, it was convoluted, and like we understand you're clever, Stephen Moffat. You don't have to keep trying to prove you're clever with these complicated stories. Just tell a straightforward story. The monks were a good idea, but just the whole simulation thing just kind of made me going, like, this is a bit of a cop-out ending. Um, and sadly, this the second episode where I've been disappointed this year, and by Stephen Moffat, um, yeah, I'm... I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say that I'm disappointed, so I'm going to have to give this one a 5 out of 10 down the middle. I need to watch it again, but overall, I'm just disappointed with it. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Owen. I, I just got this feeling that Moffat's sat in his chair just smugly laughing to himself. I bet he's put something else in there. He's probably thinking, hey, you all think you know, because we have not seen those doors open yet. True. And I, true. I refuse to believe that, that they're just going to open and, Moff and Missy's going to come out. If she does, that will be disappointing but I, I still believe it's something else in there I, I think so too I think you're yeah. right yep. yeah. uh, which leads on nicely to Martin Arnold's comment who says "Oh, uh, I think you've got to go with this one if you think about the gaping plot holes you end up banging your head against the wall enjoyable <laughs> enough but the vault reveal was very disappointing though since we haven't actually seen inside yet it could be mm. Moffat is playing with our expectations it's a trap yes that's what yeah the more I think of it the more I think it is it's a trap hmm uh, Rob Kernock says Missy in the vault bangs head on desk uh, <laughs> so it wasn't a massive fan of story characters were great as usual had some cool moments not amazing not terrible 7.5 okay Joseph Howarth kind of disappointed about Missy uh, being in the vault all that build up for nothing mm. <laughs> anyways I thought this episode was pretty good I like how everything was a virtual simulation and that and that premise alone pretty much kept me guessing 
Sonic Shades had a purpose after all. Uh, seeing yeah. as this is a three-parter, uh, I can't really say too much other than I enjoyed it. Uh, Doctor and Bill, brilliant as always. The monks were creepy. Good twists. Eight out of ten. Okay, yeah, that's good. Uh, Lewis Palmer, I don't think I can judge this fully until the other parts. Uh, I will say I was very disappointed. Incredibly mm. convoluted plot. I usually don't like simulation episodes of TV anyway, and this was no exception. Uh, what was the point in caring about the events of the episode if none of it was real? No. It all just yeah. felt a bit pointless. Once the other parts of Ed, I might like this more, but for now, it's not one I, res- I will return to frequently. Oh, cheers, Lewis. Uh, last couple, Luke Allen, rather annoyed that Missy was in the vault. <laughs> Seems mm. like a common theme, that. Uh, Moffat announced her return ages ago, but the rest of it was brilliant. That bit with Nardole disappearing from the projection and Nardole being a badass, definitely are some of my favourite parts. <laughs> Uh, a little biased, though, since I interviewed Matt Lucas on Friday. No, oh, you're lucky, lucky bugger. You. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 8.5. Okay, good school. Yes. Uh, oh, his podcast is called Bottler Podcast, by the way. What's it called? Bottle O Podcast. Oh, all right, okay. Cool. Uh, which is on YouTube and SoundCloud. Okay. Danny Brown Excellent. says, Well, Moffat, you've pulled it out of the bag. Well done, sir. Genius plot. Missy was fantastic. Everyone was great. Even Nardo. Can't really fault it. Nine out of ten. Oh, 9 out of 10. That's going to be for Facebook. Last audio clip. This is the ever-entertaining Jay Kent. Hey, Yari and Adam. Hope you're all good. Now, extremists. Extremists? I think that more or less sums up how I feel about this episode, when after it, I still don't know how to pronounce the title, which, just like this episode, felt a bit pointless. You had some really good concepts in this episode, and there were some gems, like the way they found out they were in a simulation and the suicides being a rebellion against the whole thing. But since this whole episode was augmented, what really had consequence in this? All that we know is that the monks exist. We don't know what they want, we don't know what they're planning, we don't know what they're capable of, apart from creating realistic holograms. We know Missy is predictably in the vault, but that didn't really mean anything in this episode. Obviously, I can't say for certain just yet, but it felt like this was just one long bit of context for the next two episodes. I forgot Moffat was writing this one, but a few lines of pretentious and contrived dialogue made it easy to guess. I hope the next two episodes soar in quality and Series 10's streak of enjoyable adventures with imaginative monsters continues and Moffat doesn't vanish up his own ass before the end of the series. I give it a 5.5 out of 10. See you next week, guys, where hopefully something of consequence happens. Oh dear. Oh dear, Jay. I was winding him up the other day about being negative. Oh, he's not impressed. Not impressed. Jay Kent, not impressed. So that's all the official stuff. Did you have anything come through on your channel, sometimes known as the Geek's Handbag? Yeah, yeah, I did. I had a lot this week. Thanks for all your comments, guys. Um, It was so divisive. I mean, we've already had a lot of comments, so... um, I do enjoy reading them, but obviously we haven't really got time to go through all these. But it was just basically, yeah, we, it went from everything from uh, it made my head hurt to <laughs> it was the best episode ever. Scores range from like 9 out of 10 to 0 out of 10. It was just, yeah, it's just the most divisive episode. Um, and I got a lovely review from Elliot Beasley this morning, um, which I really enjoyed reading through. It's a very long review. Uh, but one thing he does point out in it, which struck me, is he wants to know, how did Nardal get River's diary? Because uh, we thought she left it in the library. So how has he got that? Which is quite a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'll moff it. So anyway, yeah, thanks for your comments. Um, obviously, we've read quite a lot already, so I won't go through them all again. But I will just go to the little Twitter poll that I do every week, because I really enjoy doing this to see how it compared um so i asked people what did they think of tonight's episode not to extremists 60 percent said it was poor 
11% said it was average, 28% said it was good, and 45% said it was excellent. So overall, oh. it seems mostly positive, but it was um, a very diversive episode this week. Um, I think a lot of people didn't get it. A lot of people absolutely loved it. So, which I think is a good thing, actually. I think it's quite cool that we've got something to chew the fat on this week. No, it's cool. And I think yeah. that's very, very cool when you have an episode that people either love it or they hate it. The mm. worst thing is when people are, yeah, I don't don't really care. Yeah, yeah, because it's given a lot of debate, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, one thing this episode has done is given lots of people stuff to talk about, you know, like uh, good or bad. So, yeah. 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 So there we go. Extremists. Bit of a mixed bag, but there we go. Next week then. What's it next week? The pyramid at the end of the world. Yeah. I don't know about you, mate, but I can't wait. I'm loving Saturdays at the minute. I mean, it's we're recording this on Wednesday and I'm already so pumped for Doctor <laughs> Who this weekend. I haven't been this excited for a series for so long. Um, and I'm really hoping that this Monk trilogy pans out over the last, you know, I hope it's a real good loose trilogy because um, I like this setup. I just hope it carries on, if you know what I mean. Like a lot of people have said, they're not going to judge it till they've watched all three, which is fair enough. I'm just hoping that when we do get to the end of the third part, we can go back and watch them all and think that is a great trilogy. That's what I'm yeah. hoping. No, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Every trilogy has got a not so great entry. We look at all the classic trilogies across film and TV. Yeah. There's always one that's not... A little below par. A little bit, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, uh, it's like Return of the Jedi. Out of the original trilogy. The first two are, you know, exemplary. But that one, still amazing. But it's not quite as good as those two, I don't think. Mm, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to spark up a whole different conversation. So we should probably end it there. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Thank you, thank you, thank you. One, four, three. It's been a good one. Yes. Lots to talk through. Uh, yeah, so let us know if you end up picking up the poetry book. Because mm. it's something quite different. Not really seen that with Who books much in the past. No. Something different. I'll definitely pick it up because the, the RTD illustrations look, those little doodles look very cool. They've sold it to me as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Sold. Yeah. Thank you, Russell. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much to George Garrity for naming our merch Dalek friend. Dalek Tat. We, I like that. Yeah. Very fitting name. So thank you very much, George. We will we'll run with that. That's what our new friend is called. Yeah. Yes. Cheers, George. Uh, thank you very much for, for listening and sending in your reviews and getting in touch and all that stuff. Um, at the end of the uh, review, we always go through and read your comments and, and all that stuff. Uh, but instead of just sitting around and listening, why don't you get involved? Why don't you jump on and become part of the Facebook community and throw your opinion on and get into some chat with some other Who fans? The Big Blue Box community, it's really cool. Lots of friendly faces. It is. Lots of Who chat, it's very cool. So check out the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. Listen to all the previous episodes on there. Plus you can link off to the social stuffs. It's also links to iTunes and Android stuffs. So if you're an Android, listen, <laughs> Android. If you're an Android, 
Hope you're enjoying the show. If you're an iTunes listener, uh, if you could give us a rating and a review, that would be awesome because that really helps us out a lot. We've had some really lovely ones recently as well. So thank you so much. Yeah. It's all good. Remember to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Do indeed. YouTube and Facebook. Yeah. Head over there, give him a sub, give him a like. Loads of cool stuff. His recent videos when he's off in Paris. You know how Adam swans around. Swans around in the baker's scarf. Yeah, no, some really cool stuff. Very, very cool. I would highly recommend you go and subscribe. Thank you. And there you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Rightio. Until next week, so enjoy um, The Pyramid at the End of the World, which is out this Saturday, if you listen to this on Friday. I uh, hope you have a good night tomorrow. Enjoy that. And our review will be next week. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Uh... Uh...